You are listening to Press Church Podcast. Please enjoy this week's message. The title of my sermon today is Summer Bod. Summer Bod. At the beginning of this month, I decided, and I've talked about it in previous sermons, that I decided to get active. I was sitting around too much. I I sit at a desk. I I work an office job at my house uh, during the week. If I'm working on a sermon, I'm sitting in the bed or sitting on the sofa. Um, If I'm holding my kids, I'm sitting down. There's just not much activity happening in my life. And so I said, you know what? For the month of May, I'm going to get active. I'm going to move a little bit. So uh, I decided to go outside in my backyard so nobody could see me flail around and uh, laugh at me outside of my wife and kids. And um, I said, you know, I, I don't want to get crazy. Um, it's embarrassing for a tiny fella like me to go to the gym and just, like, lift the bar. Uh, they say nobody laughs at you, but y'all are laughing, so I know that people in the gym uh, would laugh at me as well. So I said, you know, what? I'm just going to do some prison workouts in the backyard. Uh, I'm just going to do some, uh, some push-ups, sit-ups, I'm um, going to do some running around the backyard. I got the dog, and so we would get on a leash and run the dog around the yard and um, did some burpees and uh, just kind of did some of those things. And uh, after about two weeks of doing that, I hurt myself. Um, and so I, I saw that as a sign from the Lord, working out is of the devil, I needed to stop and um, so for the last two weeks, I, I, I haven't worked out, and uh, I've kind of used it as an excuse, and my wife's like, uh, you're fine, like, go do something. And I see that in trying to work out, trying to get this summer body as we're going into the summer months, I understand the importance of building myself up. I understand the importance that me sitting on the sofa is not going to get my body in shape. Me watching a YouTube video of somebody else working out is not going to get me in shape. No matter how many videos I watch of somebody doing a proper push-up, it doesn't add any muscle mass to my arms. doesn't give me any definition in my chest. I have to do that myself. And so as we talk today, I want to kind of help you with some exercises to get your summer body back reinvigorated, that we've, we've probably been sitting around in our house and, and possibly we've lost some good habits that we were doing before this lockdown happened. It's possible that we picked up some bad habits through this time. So I want to help you today and and show you how you can build yourself back up, how you can build up your spiritual body so that we can go into these summer months transformed and ready to change the world. There is a word we understand, and we've talked about this before, that the English language, the Bible is not written in the English language. It was written in either Hebrew or Greek or Latin, and there's a word called Building up. It's about 11 in, in Greek. It's about an 11-letter word. I'm not going to say it, but you can try and say it in your mind. E-P-O-I-K-O-D-O-M-E-O. It's about 14 O's in that whole letter. Uh, so however you say it in your mind is how I say it too. 
And that word means to build up. And it's mentioned about eight to ten times throughout the scriptures of the New Testament. And we're going to look at some of those scriptures that have this specific word that's encouraging us and telling us to build ourselves up. How can we build ourselves up? How can we work ourselves out? How can we get our spiritual summer bod going? The first exercise that I'm going to encourage you to do is spiritual burpees. And the scripture that we're going to look at is Acts chapter 20, verses 32. This is Paul talking to the elders of the church of Ephesus as he's on his way back to Jerusalem. He didn't want to stop in Ephesus because it was going to be uh, such a long time and it was such a big church and uh, he didn't have time to do that. He was going back to Jerusalem and so he just calls the elders of this church and he says, meet me in this town closer to Jerusalem and I want to talk to you. I want to share some things with you before I leave. We're never going to see each other face to face again. So... This is one of the things that he tells these leaders of the church. So now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able, here's the word we were talking about, to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I commend you to God. I commend you to the word of his grace. And because of being commended to God, because of commending to his word of grace. Because God has given you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, Paul is saying that those things are what's going to build you up. Now, for those who don't work out or those who don't know, I just found out as well what a burpee is, and I think it's because you make a burping noise when you do it of almost vomiting when you do it. But it's an exercise that has about, it feels like, 14 different exercises in that one exercise. And you start on the ground doing a push-up. You push yourself up. You jump up. You can either jump up with your hands raised high. You can jump and have your knees try and touch your chest. But there's multiple ways that you can do it. It's all one exercise, but there's multiple little exercises and things that you are doing in this one exercise. I think this is the one exercise is probably where I got hurt. Um, definitely guarantee it. As my body says, whoa, you haven't jumped this long in forever. You haven't moved like this in forever. And that we see in this scripture that Paul is teaching these men and women, these leaders of church, he's teaching them how to do a spiritual burpee. He's telling them about multiple, one exercise by being commended to God, by being commended to his grace, by receiving the inheritance that he left you, all of a sudden you're being built up in there. Let's look at another scripture where we see this burpee idea happening. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, and you, that's you and me, being dead in your trespasses, that's usually me after working out, can't breathe, can't do anything, in the uncircumcision of your flesh, let's see in this one set of scripture, in this one moment of what Jesus did for us, the multiple spiritual exercises and blessings that are there. He is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, verse 14, having wiped out the handwritten of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Verse 15, do I have verse? Yeah. Uh, having disarmed 
principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Look at this spiritual burpee that Jesus does in one moment of dying on the cross. How many exercise benefits are all in this one thing? From him dying on the cross, let's go back to verse 13. He made you alive. He forgave you of your trespasses. Verse 14. He wiped out the law. Took it out the way by being nailed to the cross. In verse 15. Disarmed principalities and powers. Made a public spectacle of them and triumphing over them. Jesus does seven exercises in one exercise. All for you and all for me. Spiritual burpee that we understand the importance of what he's done in that one moment of dying on the cross. He did so many little things in that moment that we are now able to access. Earlier in the week, I'm talking about working out, so don't judge me when I tell you this story. Earlier in this week, I was watching a video on YouTube, and I came across a video of a man making a chicken bacon ranch sandwich. And I was watching this video, and I instantly called my wife over because she's the one that cooks. And I said, watch this. And this man made this chicken bacon ranch sandwich. And he said, well, I'm not going to just make this sandwich. I'm going to enhance each ingredient. So he took the bacon, and he dipped it in flour, and he put it on this special pan. I I know, we haven't tried it yet. but And he put it in the oven. And he says, by doing that, it doesn't curl the bacon up. It leaves it as flat strips and makes it crispy. And we'll find out what happens uh, when we cook it later this week. He then takes the chicken and he makes this special rub. And he says, I'm just not going to cook the chicken. I want to blacken the chicken. So he puts all these spices and rubs down the chicken. He puts it on the grill in this hot cast iron skillet and he cooks it. And then he makes his own homemade ranch. He doesn't just go and buy a bottle of ranch and squirt it on the sandwich. He makes his own homemade ranch. Then he gets this uh, fancy bread and he makes this uh, nice garlic uh, just type of rub that he puts on the sandwich and he toasts it all. He cuts up the chicken. He puts this iceberg lettuce on it. He puts the ranch, slathers that all over. And he starts stacking this sandwich, the bottom piece of bread, the ranch, the iceberg lettuce, he cuts up the chicken, he puts the bacon, puts another layer of chicken, puts more ranch, and then puts a piece of bread on top. Glory to God. We still got two more points to go, so I apologize. We'll go fast. But I watched this YouTube video, and I talked with my wife, and and we're going to make this sandwich here in the very near future, hopefully after church, after I work out or something like that, whatever. And it was interesting that this sandwich, although it's one sandwich, was composed of so many different layers and so many different enhancements to these layers of the sandwich. And I want to remind you today that that is what Jesus has done for you. That that is what Jesus has done when he died on the cross for you, when he was buried in a tomb, when he rose again the third day, when he seated at the right hand of the Father. That that, through that one moment, 
There's so many blessings that are tied to that moment. There's salvation tied to that moment. There's healing tied to that moment. There's freedom tied to that moment. That all of those things are compressed into one exercise. And I want to remind you today to do your spiritual burpees. That yes, you might know that Jesus died for you today. Yes, you might know that he was buried in a tomb and he rose again the third day. But do you know the exercises that are involved in that? And to study that out and find out what God has paid for you and what God has done for you. The second scripture that I want to talk about, the second workout that I want to talk to you about is push-ups and sit-ups. This is probably the place where I got hurt. I'm pretty sure that it was definitely these exercises that got me hurt. That we understand that push-ups and sit-ups are something that work and focus on your core. And when you do a push-up, you got to find out what way to angle your arms. you got to find out how far you're supposed to go down. Don't touch the ground, but don't stay up too high. The sit-up, the worst of them all. You find out how weak your core is when you do like the struggle wiggle to try and get up to your knees. But all of those things are to work on your core, to work on your arms, to work on your chest, to work on your back, to work on your tummy. I know there's, I'm not even have the faith for a six pack. I'm pretty sure there's a four pack in there. We'll start real low and work our way there. But the scripture that we have associated with building up is Colossians chapter 2, verse 7. Rooted, and here's our word, and built up in him and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. That Paul is writing to the church in Colossae and he's saying that you need to be rooted and built up. And what should I be rooted in? What should I be built up in? What should be my core focus is in him. That in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but your fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Verse 20 says, Having been built up. This is another form of this word right here. Here's another representation of the scripture. Having been built on the foundation of, of the church, having been foundation on what I believe, having been built on the foundation of my money, of power, of cars. No, no, no. Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets of what they've all brought to the table, and that's all good, he's saying, but Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, verse 21, in whom the entire building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In verse 22 says, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And as we work on our summer spiritual bod, that we make sure we work, we work and focus on our core. That we make sure that we work and focus on who our core is. That our core isn't built, our identity isn't built around the church around whatever church is on the front of our shirt that we're wearing, that it's not built around the identity of our last name, 
of how much money we have in the bank, what type of cars or house we drive, what type of job we have, who we're married to, what our kids, none of that is our core. What we build ourselves on, what we're rooted and established and grounded in is Jesus as our chief cornerstone. That we do these spiritual push-ups and sit-ups in our lives by remembering that Jesus is our core. In everything that I go again, everything that I'm dealing with, everything that, that's happening in my life, I bring it back to my core of Jesus. Whenever you are working out and you're working and focusing on your core strength, these are perks that are associated with working on your core. And these two are true statements for your spiritual bod. If you work on your core strength, it says that you will get greater efficiency of movement. If I keep Jesus as my core, it gives me the ability and freedom to move throughout life. That I'm not being held back by my past. I'm not being held back by insecurities. I'm not being held back by what people have told me or called me or said about me. When I work on my core and I establish who Jesus is, I have greater efficiency of movement. Number two, a perk of having a core strength is improved body control and balance. You feel like your life is out of whack. You feel like everything's going to chaos. Everything's crazy. Well, you need to go back to working on your core. You need to go back to understanding that Jesus is your chief cornerstone. Another perk of core strength is to increase your power output from both your core and your peripheral muscles, which are your arms and your legs. That when you understand and you work on your core, that there is a power that is deep inside that you can release out. Same is true when we know that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And Jesus says, you will lay hands on the sick. Well, there's nothing special about this hand. It's just a hand from Louisiana. It was made from Kevin and Edie Land in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Nothing special about it. But when we work on our core and we understand that there's power that comes from our core, that I can lay hands on my sick, I can lay hands on the sick, and they must recover. I can cast out demons using my voice. I can go and raise the dead, not because of who I am, but because of this power that is inside of my core that is going out into the peripheral. That's not enough to focus to work on your core. We've got two more perks. Another perk of working out your core strength, it reduces the risk of injury. In a world, in a time where it seems that everybody's offended by everything, you didn't sit next to me, you sat too close to me. You didn't say hi to me. You tried to shake my hand. You didn't call me. You called too much. You posted this. You didn't post that. That human interaction, people are getting so offended. We're getting so hurt. It says here if we work and focus on our core, it reduces the risk of injury. It helps you to be able to walk through life and not be injured. It says in the scriptures that it rains on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good people. But how you respond to those things 
shows you if you strengthened your core or not. When something comes against you, when something tries to injure your family, your friends, your body, your bank account, your job, your car, your dog, whatever it is, how you respond to it will let you know instantly, have I been working out my core or is it weak? And the last perk that I have written down is it improves stability. When you work out your core in the natural, it helps improve your stability as you walk through life. You lean into Jesus, you instantly get a more stable life. Because when all of chaos was going on, and the disciples are on the boat, and they're bailing out the water, and the boat is sinking, and they're running around, they're hooping and hollering, they're screaming, they're crying, they're writing out their wills, they're trying to figure out who they can throw overboard, they run downstairs into the boat, and if you've read the story, what is Jesus doing? Sleeping. Stability. Not worried at all. And they wake him up. They're soaking wet. They're crying. They're yelling. There's chaos. Jesus, do you care that this boat's about to go down? He kind of yawns probably. Wipes his eyes. Probably just like you and me. When a child wakes you up. And you're having a, a nice sleep. Stable. Not in a rush. We don't see Jesus bailing out water as he's walking to the front of the boat. We don't see any of those things. He just walks to the boat and he says, peace be still. Stability in the winds and the waves. Obey. Whew, I need that in my life. That's something that I can work on in my life. When the chaos all around is going, we can sometimes just get so pulled and sucked in like a vacuum into that chaos too. No, 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 no. When I work on my core strength, I'm going to be stable. In April of 1986, there was a nuclear explosion in a place called Chernobyl. Probably heard of it before. There's some movies and videos and stories all about it. There's a lot of people in here who are probably very aware of the potential that can happen working out at the site. And it was a terrible accident. They were trying, at least from what I see and read, they were doing safety tests trying to make sure that they were being safe about it. And during those safety tests, boom goes the dynamite. Things didn't work out the way that they were supposed to. And there was these nuclear core reactors that exploded. And it didn't just explode and take out a building. At the end of it all, from what I'm reading, my numbers could be off. The internet could be wrong. It says that these explosions happened in the nuclear core and it spread out to around 3,900, I mean 39,000 square miles of land that were significantly contaminated with fallout. That this one core that blew up, the power that this one core had went out and affected, it affected probably even more, but considerably affected 39,000 square miles of land from an explosion from one core. Now, although this is a, a terrible accident that happened there, there's something that we can learn and apply to our spiritual body. The importance and the power of when something in a core explodes, how far it can reach out. 
That when your core is centered and the cornerstone is Jesus, you're doing those spiritual sit-ups and push-ups, and you've got Jesus as your core, and the power that is contained in that core, when you release that power into your world, the far-reaching ability that it can go, the power of Jesus can change your life. The power of Jesus can change your wife's life, your spouse's life, your children's life, your family's life, your extended family's life, the people that you work with on a daily basis, the people that you come in contact with, the people that you come in contact with on social media, the people that you don't even know. The importance and the power of working on your core and the power and explosion that can go out. By simply building up your core. The last thing, and I'm finishing with this, is running. To have an awesome summer bod, you got to do some spiritual running. And I guarantee you, this is definitely the exercise where I hurt myself. I know for without a fact that this is also the one. Jude chapter 1, verses 20 through 21. But you, beloved, here's our word, building yourself up. On your most holy of faith. How do we do that? There's a lot of steps. But number one, praying in the Holy Spirit. Number two, verse 21, keep yourself in the love of God. And number three, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal salvation. Walking is good. Walking is healthy. I'm doing that right now. I'm walking, getting my steps in. But there's something different about running. It's believed that when you run, you double the amount of calories that you burn just from walking. Also, it's just simple understanding that me walking here takes four or five seconds. As opposed to running, I can get somewhere a lot quicker. That we see that we build ourselves up and that there's steps and there's tools that Jude is telling us are things that can help us in our walk with Christ to go from walking to running, to go in our walk from Christ, our relationship with God from just I'm saved and I'm getting to heaven and I'm okay with that to no, 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 I want to go deeper in this relationship. I want to see God do some things. I want to see God change some things. Running. And the more you run the more that you'll increase in your life. If I decide to just go run right now, I mean, I don't know, I could make it a mile or two or three. No, I couldn't make it three. I'm lying. I'm lying right now. I definitely, <laughs> I definitely couldn't make it three. But if I just took off running now, I think our house is probably a mile or two from here. I don't know if I could make it just steady running there. But the more I ran, if every Sunday after church I changed into some running shorts and a shirt and some running shoes, and as soon as I got done praying, I hit the door and I just took off running. As you were driving home, you'd see me. I'd probably get to the gas station and I'd start doing the little hands on my hip or. <laughs> But then I see you drive by, and I, yeah, amen, praise God, we're good. Don't lie, you do that too. But the more I ran, the more I would increase my pace, the more I would increase my endurance. 
It might be weird at first. It might feel uncomfortable at first. It might feel out of place at first. But the more you run, the more comfortable you get, the more you can breathe, the easier it is, the further you can go. Thayer's Greek lexicon talks about this scripture, verse 20. And he says, where the sense is, based on verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Thayer's Greek says, this is resting on your most holy faith as a foundation. Resting on your most holy faith, making progress. Rising like an edifice, higher and higher and higher. We know in the scriptures that it tells us that we're going to go from faith to faith to faith. We know in the scriptures it tells us that we're going to go from glory to glory to glory. That as we pursue this walk with God, as we just get away from just walking through this Christian walk saying, well, I'm saved, I'm fine, I'm going to go to heaven, I'm done with this relationship with God. That we make a choice in a decision. No, I'm going to run as much as I can to get as close to God as I can so I can experience him as much as I can. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and let us lay aside every sin which so easily ensnares us. And look at it here. And let us run with endurance. Not running out of breath not running trying to struggle to make it 10 more feet. No, no, no. We're running with endurance the race that is set before us. And how can we run with endurance? How can we let go of every weight? How can we let go of every sin? How can we do that? Look at the next verse. It's working out our core. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for this joy that was set before him, and look at this, we see all three exercises here. We see running, we see us working out our core as we look at Jesus, and we see the burpee here of what he did on the cross. With joy he went to the cross, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the Father. All in one scripture we see all our exercises to help us with our summer body. In Jude chapter 1, Verse 20, it's Pentecost Sunday, and I would be remiss if I didn't highlight and bring it to our attention that he says to build yourself up in your most holy of faith, the very first thing and the very most important thing that Jude is referencing is praying in the Holy Spirit. That we see in Acts chapter 1, in verse 8, Jesus is saying, you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit, and he will give you that power. Acts chapter 2, we know that they were all unified and brought together. They were all in one accord. And the Holy Spirit fell. And how did he fall on them? With the evidence of speaking in tongues. And that there's something that's important. There's something that's so beneficial. There's something that's so vital in the Christian world. If you're having a faith issue, you need to start looking and investigating speaking in tongues. Because it says there, Building yourself up in the most holy of faith, speaking in tongues, praying in the Holy Spirit. That when we pray, it says in, in a, that we're praying mysteries to the Father. We're all adults here. We all can make a decision. We've all heard in different churches and different settings about speaking in tongues. There's three different camps when it comes to that. 
There's the people who embrace it, who accept it, who are pursuing it, who are looking after it. There's the other camp who flat out deny it, who say it's not for today, who say it's not real. And then there's the third camp of indifference. I don't need it. It could be real, could be true. Me and God, we're good. But I want to tell you right now that as long as you're in Christ, as long as you're saved, all three of those camps can go to heaven. You can make it to heaven without speaking in tongues. But boy, will it help you in your life on earth. So I just want to encourage you. Investigate it. Find out for yourself. Don't just take me at my word because I'm in the camp of saying, yes, absolutely, I'd love for you to speak in tongues. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than anybody else. Also, don't take it from the other camp where they say it's not for today, it's not real. Don't take it from the people that say, I don't do it, I don't know, I don't need it. Go find out for yourself if you believe in speaking in tongues. And if you do and you see that it's applicable to your life, then pursue it with all your heart to try and receive it. Look at verse uh, Jude chapter 1, 22. There we go. Thank you, Lord. Here are the other two steps that Jude encourages us to build up our self in faith. One, praying in tongues. Two, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself. And it's so easy for us to get out of the love of God. God's love doesn't end, but it's so easy to put condemnation on ourselves. Well, I don't deserve. I did this. I, I said this. I thought that. And we push away the love of God because we deem ourselves not worthy. And Jude is making a point here to say, make sure you keep yourself in the love of God. Even when you fall, even when you falter, even when you hurt yourself, even when you sin, even when any of those things happen, you keep yourself in the love of God. And the last thing he says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Looking. We're praying, we're keeping, and we're looking. That those are things, those are exercises that he's encouraging us to do. There's a man by the name of Dean Carnids. In 2005, Dean Carnids ran 350 miles without stopping. He ran 350 miles in 80 hours and 44 minutes. Y'all want to try that after church? Y'all want to go? <laughs> I'll take mile one. Y'all want the rest? We'll, we'll divvy it up. This man did not stop but ran. I tried to see. They said it was a world record. He wasn't in the Guinness Book of World Records. I don't know if that's true or false. That still feels like a very long time to run. 350 miles without stopping for 80 hours straight. So 2005, that's what he did. 2006, he says, you know what? I'm going to follow up what I did in 2005. He decided that he was going to run 50 marathons in 50 states in 50 consecutive days. Talk about throw up. Talk about gross. He ran 50 marathons in 50 consecutive days by traveling to 50 states. I look at this man and I think there's no way that I could ever get to that status of running. There's no way. But I guarantee you it probably started with him as a kid a long time ago, just like me, running, huffing, and puffing in a backyard. And by doing it over and over and pushing himself to the limit and being, being pushed and pushed and saying, I don't know, this feels uncomfortable. I don't know if I can make it. I don't understand it. I don't know. I, but he kept pushing and pushing and pushing his body in the limits of what he could do with running. 
to where he was running 350 miles without stopping over a three-day period. I want to encourage you to run in your faith with God. I want to encourage you today, although it might feel uncomfortable, just me merely saying, speaking in tongues might make you cringe, might make you awkward, might make you, I don't know about that. By looking for the love of God, for looking for mercy and staying in the love of God might be something that you say, I don't know if I can do. I want to encourage you today to keep pushing your relationship with God. Keep running and building your endurance. Keep building your love. Keep building the mercy. Keep pushing and running after what God has for you. Because all God has for you is good. All God wants everything that is in there for you. He says all the promises in Him are yes and amen, so let it be. They're all good. He said no to the curses by nailing them to the cross. And he said yes to the promises that you can believe in. So to work on that spiritual bod, do some burpees. Look at what Jesus did on the cross for you and look at all of those blessings that are tied into it. Work on your core. Do some sit-ups and push-ups and remember, remind, and focus that Jesus is your chief cornerstone. And lastly, go out there and run after Jesus. Pursue him with everything that you can do. I would say, press after Jesus. Amen? Let's stand up today. I want to encourage you today as we finish up uh, that, that if you want to talk and kind of socialize with each other that we would do it outside, um, but let's not congregate together. And, and soon, very soon, we will, we will be able to, to meet and greet and, and have coffee and do all those things together. But for the next couple of weeks, let's, uh, let's do our part to, to socially distance. I hate that word, but I know we've got to say it um, to, uh, to keep us all safe. Amen. So, Father, I just thank you. For your word today. I thank you for the opportunity to have church and to all come into a building and sit together and hear your word. I thank you, Father, that you have encouraged us to work on our spiritual summer bod. And maybe you've encouraged us to work on our actual physical summer bods. That, you know, maybe today or this week, you know what, I'll go walk. I'll go walk a mile today. I might go jog. I might do a push-up or sit-up. I probably won't do a burpee, but I'll definitely, God, maybe do a sit-up or push-up this week. Father, I ask you to speak to us today and show us how we can work on our spiritual body, what exercises we can use in the scriptures to help us see and understand what you have for us. Father, I just pray protection over this congregation and these people today. I thank you that no weapon formed against them shall prosper, that every tongue that rises against them right now in the name of Jesus we condemn. I thank you that God is on our side. We choose today to not fear. What can any man do to us? Father, I thank you that you're protecting their bodies because their body is the temple of the Most High God. The scripture says that we can lay hands on the sick. We can speak to sick bodies and they must recover in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for these people that they are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. They're blessed in the city and blessed in the field. They are blessed where they are right now and they're blessed in the favor in the future that you're bringing them into. Father, I thank you that we are the salt and the light of the earth, that it appears that just over this 2020 year, this world has gotten so much darker, 
But it says that we are the light, and light always outshines darkness. And that everywhere we go, we carry the fragrance of the knowledge of Christ. And everywhere we go, we push back darkness in the name of Jesus. So, Father, bless your people, protect your people, cause them to prosper in everything they do this week. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.